you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Around the NFL podcast has a great swing on the softball field. Oh, yes, we do. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined in a conference room filled with some heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Can you turn me up in my headphones, Ricky? Turn me up in my headphones. Does that sound natural when I say it? That was oh, yeah. extremely no, that's organic. That's good. Now it sounds good. Cool. Thanks, Ricky. You got it. Hi, Erica. Hi. Is this our last show in a conference room on the NFL Media Compound? It is. It is. Yeah. Wow. So make the most of it. What an experience it's been. This would be where the montage comes in, and it's just us talking like schlubs for like five different like camera shots. And me lugging equipment back and forth by myself, <laughs> plugging in all this stuff. Yeah, you've Wait, had the worst of it. You don't have anybody. What about Eddie Spaghetti? Yeah, He's no. A strapping I, young man. He can't be helping you? Yeah, I'm an independent woman who don't need no man. <laughs> I believe it, Ricky. Uh, this is the Thursday edition of the Around the NFL podcast. Um, this is the final week of the summer where we uh, just have two shows. That's it. Summer vacation is over for the boys. Greg Rosenthal back Monday, uh, and all four of us heroes will be together uh, three times a week starting next week when all the training camps open. In fact, we were talking about on Monday, Wes, some camps have indeed opened this week, uh, including the Denver Broncos, your boys, Wes. And don't think I'm not noticing, Wes. I don't think they're my boys. Don't think I didn't notice this. They got to camp early. Oh, yeah. It all is checking out on uh, on your ledger in terms of you believe them to be a powerhouse and look I, who's already practicing. Their their try-hard has, has gotten my attention because that's a try-hard move. Let's just get there before everyone else. Newer people, newer listeners of the show might not be aware that our podcast has been way ahead of the curve tracking teams that report to whether it's organized team activities in the spring or training camp in August. The teams that report earlier are almost always the true powerhouses of football. The teams that report later, cough, cough, 2017 Lions, <laughs> cough, cough, usually fall by the wayside. I think that in, in Detroit's work speaks for itself. What a disgrace. Show up late and you, you, know, you spit out another hideously dull season. Speaking of which, the Seattle Seahawks, I saw this report. They've decided to come to camp a week early this year. But it's just the rookies, right? Still. It's, a, it's Never done that under Pete Carroll before. And this is a playoff team last year. I don't have to ask you to connect the dots. <laughs> <laughs> You're on the case, per usual. Uh, coming up on today's show, the mailbag is back. I forget about Jay Glazer or whatever competition is out there. I don't even track the competition. It's one of those things. There's no... Side view mirror. There's no rear view mirror. No and I think Jake Glazer feels the same way. 
Um, my mailbag is going up on NFL.com on uh, Friday, and we will discuss some of the questions uh, that were in said mailbag and perhaps a couple that were not uh, a little later in the show. Also, Wes. Yo, Wes. He's back to grinding. Summer break's over. That That is using the word grinding liberally. <laughs> All I see is two pieces on his um, archive have been added in the last several days. It's really all you see. Uh, Lights are back on. Uh, so Wes, as you know, a man that knows the rosters of the NFL, he shared his thinnest and deepest position groups as we enter 2019. So uh, we'll take a look at that and, and talk about some of the teams and units that jump out to us. But before that, let us do some news. But all of them were sharp and right where you wanted to throw them. Do you, do you know that and warm-ups if you're going to have a day like that, like a starting pitcher or something? No. Uh, warm-ups, not really, but when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. Listen to the kid, Mark Sessler. That's what I call him, the kid. Well, I don't think it's an act with him. I mean, he is just he is who he is, so I'm on board, um, 100%. Great piece on ESPN this week, um, a long-form or a feature on Baker Mayfield by the great Mina Kimes. And guess what, Mark? A little early birthday present for me to you. Or late, depending how you look at it. On our show next Wednesday, Mina Kimes, to talk about her up-close-and-personal look at your hero. I love it. She wrote, I would just say, go read this thing, because I learned a lot about Baker Mayfield, and I think that has a lot to do with the way that she gets to know her subjects, frames her questions, so an all-star guest. No, no that, Mina did fine, but what about me? Oh, you. you. Well, setting no. up this interview I mean, I was saving Mina. that part for now. What you've done is the Lord's work, Dan. And again, it's just... That's for you, buddy. I appreciate it to no end. Let's get going with the news. The Falcons doing business again, but not with Julio Jones. Dion Jones, the playmaking linebacker, uh, had been set to enter the final season of his rookie deal for Atlanta. Well, they like him. They're keeping him around. They ink Jones to a four-year, $57 million extension, $34 million guaranteed. That is confirmed by the team, turning 25 in November. This is one of the top linebackers in the game when it comes to pass coverage. And I don't need to tell you, modern football fan, that you need your coverage linebackers to succeed on defense in the modern NFL. Uh, Wes, the Falcons, we know they can score, maybe not as pro- prolif- prolifically as they had a couple of years ago, but they can always put up points. It's the defense that you want, so you want to keep a guy like this in the building, and they do. Well, you mentioned it's, he's sort of the new breed of linebacker. This is what defensive coordinators want. It's what a lot of people are calling a money backer, where you are a linebacker with safety-level speed, uh, probably closer to safety level level size, and you can cover tight ends out of the backfield. They don't have to hide you too much in the run game, and I think th- this is where linebackers are going in the NFL, Deion Jones. It's, and we saw the difference on that defense when they lost him for a p- big portion of last year along with their other injuries. This is the Falcons to me. is This is the team that is set up for a major bounce back. I mean, they, I, just, I, tr- I, I picked them for Feels- the Super Bowl last year, and that obviously went completely south. I wouldn't hesitate to think about doing that again. Feels like it's one of those teams that everybody is sleeping on just because of the injuries last year. And then I, I guess the everybody's got questions, and their one question to me is can those rookie offensive linemen step in and not be liabilities right off the bat? And I think if that's the case, there's no reason this cannot be a playoff. If team. that works out, they have a deep line, if that works right. out. And, yes, Grady Jarrett, that deal got done on Monday, as we said. Julio Jones, they're looking to get a long-term deal done there with the greatest wide receiver in their franchise history. So this team remains um, kind of a model of stability in the NFC, and let's see if they can get back to the playoffs uh, this season. In other news, Wes, you and I, we got a sandwich proposition locked in. And you know Nick Fortier. He does the damn thing on gogetmylunch.org, tracking every wager that we make on this show. Uh, and I already have, as I look at it, first of all, of course, Nick has it updated because that's what Nick does. Wow. I'm already locked into two bets, uh, excuse me, sandwich props already. <laughs> I got, when Mark, when you and I were going at it a few weeks ago, apparently Jets will beat Browns in week two. That's out there as a sandwich prop. I don't remember that. But which which side did I come down on that one? I, I mean, you have you took me on it, so I guess we we have a sandwich on that. 
I don't remember that at all. I don't either, but that was a heated um, yeah. back and forth. It could have just been emotional. It was all a blur yeah. at that point. Also, uh, Rob Gronkowski, I have a wager with West, is, is playing for the Patriots by December. Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk reported this week that a source close to Gronk pegs his potential for a first annual unretirement at 40%. Oh, Wes, you are so banged. <laughs> It's July 16th, and there's already sources putting it at 40%, and you could point to, oh, he's down 15 pounds. All he has to do is gain like 7 to 10 pounds, and he's fine. You banged, and you know it, Wes. I'll let you get out of the prop right now. Here's why I'm not worried. You want to get out of the prop right now? No, 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 no. Here's why I'm not worried. (laughs) If I'm Rob Gronkowski, I'm not dialing up my good buddy Mike Florio to tell him what percentage chance I might play in December. How does Mike Florio know this? Gronk has an entourage. It's a leaky entourage. Gronk doesn't even know what percentage chance he's playing this year. It's a year. weird thing to Ew, put a number to. Leaky entourage, but... gross. <laughs> yeah, that's unpleasant. Why'd you look at me? <laughs> you have a leaky entourage over in West Hollywood. That becomes grosser when you put it in that, in that sense. You guys are my entourage. And oh. we are leaky. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Wes, I, um, I'm giving you the chance to get out now. Put your tail between your legs and just acknowledge that you were wrong. <laughs> Who am I talking to? <laughs> First of all, I can't be wrong before it happens. I mean, we don't even know what's going to happen here. But that's so. what we do. We look into the future as analysts and we predict things. Right. I'm sticking. I have just as much confidence now as I did before Rob Gronkowski told Mike Florio that he might play 40%. I mean, at the core of this, are you concerned about your side of the bet? And you're trying to, you know, no, put this I, on West to get him to get out of a bet that you don't I, want to be a part of. I'm, I'm, re- I'm resigned to it because as a Jets fan who, perhaps delusionally, is harboring thoughts of competing in the division this year, I don't want this guy coming back, even if he's not the same guy he once was. You know, he would, he would provide a spark to the team if they, if they had him. I just, I just acknowledge it will happen. The first thing that concerns me, though, is player X retires, then immediately loses. I know it's not he could gain some of it back, but the mentality behind that tells me you're not thinking about coming back a month from now just to skip training camp. I mean, he's grunk. You know he's in the gym seven hours a day and then partying the next nine hours after that, then sleeping and then repeating. I mean, what else? He's not reading books, you know. He's not, well, I, that's he's not in wine country, you know, uh, just smelling it and doing the thing where you sip the wine and then spit it into the metal thing. <laughs> None of that's happening. He's not enjoying okay. retirement. He's not traveling, you know. Well, he's grunk. Anybody else want to take me up on it? I'll take you up on it. Yes! <laughs> He'll be back. You believe he will be back. Yeah, it. for sure. He gets it. And for wait, sure. what is the, the parameters by December? Is that by December. December 1st or December 31st? By December. By December 1st. By, fir- by the first minute of December, okay. it needs to happen. Get him signed by December 7th. But for that the doesn't mean it, hap- it happens in December. It could happen in November 12th. Just still. as long as it happens before the calendar flips to December. I'll take you up on that. He'll be back. Okay. And I don't mean back on the field. Signed with the team practicing. Don't try to catch me in any type of loophole there. I know how you people operate on the, the other side of the table. Why? How we operate? Wait, Please. why would there be a loophole? He's either playing for the Patriots or he's not. No, it can't be like, well, he didn't play, though, until this, you know, December no, signed. 2nd. Signed. Yeah. Signed. Gotcha. Okay. No, that's fine. All right, moving on. Uh, yes, the Broncos began tra- training camp. And already uh, there was an injury scare. Multiple reporters at the practice reported that linebacker Todd Davis had to be carted off uh, with a lower body injury. James Palmer of NFL Media reports that Davis injured his calf. He'll have an MRI, but the initial feeling is that he avoided a serious injury. Um, With that in mind, I'd like to perform right here in the Beast Quake conference room. I wish we could lower the lights. But join, join me in a seance. Dear football gods, oh great, mighty and powerful football gods, please bestow your mercy on the players of the National Football League this summer. These young men who represent the apex the human body is capable of, how cruel it is for us mortals to see these fine specimens struck down (laughs) in their prime. 
you must injure. Please focus on petty thieves. Bagel boss guy. Certain political leaders. The divisive ones, perhaps. Show your greatest mercy to men in green who play in New Jersey and say it's New York. <laughs> the Browns team. Thank you, oh great and merciful football gods. We put our faith and trust in ye. We are but specks of matter. Don't pretend you didn't notice that. I would get him mad if he said something. I think a football god passed We are pawns in your wondrous game. Show mercy. Show mercy. Yes, Wes, you're on the show. What are the odds we'd have a seance on this podcast and it's not led by Mark Sessler? <laughs> I think Mark is rubbed off. That was powerful. I mean, I, you know, I'm sure that will go according to plan. No injuries all season long. Just, it doesn't have to be on these men, these, these young men. These specimens. Specimens. I'm going to vote for, also save that for the religious podcast. The theology pod? <laughs> theology pod. Coming up later this summer. Perhaps. Finally, in the news, Mark, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Uh, have you heard about this Area 51 thing? I have, yes. The internet going nuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're talking about a mass invasion of Area 51. More than one million people have signed up on Facebook um, with the plan to breach the gates of the famous, and some people, a lot of people that listen to this podcast are not from this country. Maybe they don't know what Area 51 is a famous top-secret government facility, perhaps in the world. And there's, you know, for decades and decades, there is the general belief that in, in addition to military testing of various warcraft, et cetera, et cetera, if you believe, on, uh, believe in life beyond this planet, that there might be spacecraft, alien spacecraft, that is being housed and studied at Area 51, Roswell, New Mexico, of course, back in, what, 47? Yes, correct. Anyway, the event called Storm Area 51, they can't stop us all, is set to go down on September 20th. Mark, and I ask you specifically, are you in? I don't know if I'd be allowed time off from work to go do. I think it's going to lead to... Tough time of year for us. It September is a little 20th. bit of a rough time schedule-wise. I think it would lead to um, many deaths if they attempt this. The military is not going to fold the tent and just allow people to roll in off a Facebook campaign. I think it would um, be an, an ultra tragedy if they if they attempt this. This is just a joke, right? I don't. I think it started that way, and then it started picked up a lot of steam. kind of as a joke, and now it's got some heat to it. A million people. No, this is this is totally a joke, and this isn't like that's never going to happen. I it, predict that not one person will march on Area 51 on that day. No, but take people them up are on crazy. That I bet there will, will be some idiots that do it. But the government has contracted out um, defense forces that roam the grounds in big, like, uh, white, like, Dodge trucks and, um, like, submachine guns and things of like that. What kind of hellscape is that? And they're allowed to shoot on sight. Because yeah, you're not just rolling up to the, to the front door of this place and catching them by surprise. It's it's viewed as <laughs> it is viewed as a, a, essentially a fortified military complex of the U.S. government. So you kind of forfeit forfeit your right to live if you choose to quote unquote invade it. Yeah, I would. Here's what I would do as a side mission to this is get a large group of people to storm Antarctica because I believe that the the number one hotspot for alien technology is underneath the ground in Antarctica, in the Arctic Territory. Mm. Hmm. Forget this. This is a diversion. Forget Area 51. We all know that there's probably something going on there, but this is what this is the part of the Earth that no one's investigating. 
Mm. Global warming could affect whatever's going on. Not by September 30th or 20th. That's fair. (laughs) That's what's happening (laughs) in the news. Remember? Yeah, go ahead. No, you go. No, I was just going to say, you seem to know a lot of people that are a little bit out there. What? Do you have anybody that (laughs) signed up for the Area 51 raid? No. But remember those kids in, like, middle school that they'd be like, at, you know, 11.55 when the clock strikes, we're going to start a food fight. And then 11.55 rolls around, and then, like, everyone's sort of, like, tense and, like, Mm -hmm. look, and the teachers, like, heard about it, so they're kind of on watch. And then, like, one, like, jackass stands up and throws, like, a bag (laughs) of chips, and then he just gets gets in trouble. That's what's going to happen with Area 51. Like, one... Area 51 analysis. One dumb (laughs) person's going to You're not buying it. But instead of getting sent to the principal's office, that person will be shot 17 times. They will be scattered by multiple gunfire. <laughs> and face. Can't put him back together again. Uh, all right. Uh, that's what's happening in the news. Let's get uh, to, yes, Wes wrote a double banger. I mean, you want to talk about a guy putting in the work. Let's, let's calm down on that. This dude gets it. Uh, Wes wrote two pieces, thinnest position groups and deepest position groups. Uh, I read it. Of course, it's, it's the stuff that makes Wes one of the top NFL writers. Trademarked Wes content. Exactly. Um, I'm going to start with you, Mark. Why don't get us going? Why don't we pick out some things, uh, some teams, some units that kind of jumped out to you and, of course, Wes, pipe in wherever. I like the the deep, thin um, aspect of this. I like to call it thick or thin. I like, like that. T-H-I-C-C. Like some of these teams have a lot of a lot of juice here. I come away with further. I know everyone thinks that the Denver Broncos are your ride or die. It's just Wes. Oh, you're saying? I, I thought I, you were saying that everyone. We're, I think thinks we're built. No, yes, we're no. Okay. The West has been okay, been yes. pushing hard for the Broncos. <laughs> it's been a theme, but I don't think nearly as much as your belief in the Dallas Cowboys because they show up twice on the thick list. Woo! I think a part, of, a part of that is I can't believe that somebody as smart as Greg or anyone else following the NFL does not see that the Cowboys are an absolutely loaded team and they're a playoff team. Like, I just don't see why people expect them to come back to the pack. Well, so you have their linebacker crew, which we I'm not surprised at either because this should be evident, but also their offensive line. Yeah, like the linebackers, to me, just think of how much more successful Jason Garrett would have been if he had depth at linebacker behind Sean Lee for the decade he's been in charge. Every time Sean Lee went down during the prime of Sean Lee's career, the defense fell apart. And now he's a luxury, not a necessity. In fact, they're better off when he doesn't play because then you've got Leighton Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith out there. So you have, if one of those guys go down, you've got Sean Lee, you plug in there. I think that's a great insurance policy. Offensive line, I like this one because if you remember back to Zeke Elliott's rookie year, a big part of um, the discussion there was not only did they do the move, which a lot of teams are afraid of, which is take a running back early in the draft, uh, they then put that player with an elite offensive line. We didn't hear that as much last year, and I think a part of that was what was going on with all-pro center Travis Frederick. That is, I think people are sleeping on that a little bit, Wes, which you're not, obviously, that if Frederick comes back and he's strong – uh, and these other pieces, Tyron Smith, if he's healthy and is who Tyron Smith is, and these other strong players, of course, Zach Martin, that the idea that this offensive line can be dominant in addition to having a dominant running back, and that's scary stuff, especially when you factor in that they went and they got a premier wide receiver on the outside now, and Dak Prescott is fine, good to very good perhaps. That's a great offense. And I don't think also it helps that the – Emergence of Kellen Moore as their offensive coordinator. They talked about this team um, entering modern football after not really having one of the more imaginative attacks in recent years. The prediction from our last show, the one that I was wavering on doing instead of the last one I did when I went super negative, was that the Eagles and the Cowboys at that date, what was it, October 15th or so, will both be 6-0 and and prepare for a Sunday night (laughs) football showdown in Week 7 and I think that you cannot sleep on the Cowboys with all the changes they've had and the, and, and the, the better drafting that this team has put forward in the last couple of years. What I like about their line is even when two years ago they were celebrated as one of the greatest offensive lines of all time, the best position group in the NFL, and they didn't rest on their laurels, they went out and drafted Connor Williams in the second round. Then they went out and drafted Connor McGovern in the third round. 
Um, and they've got Joe Looney, a guy who played 16 games at center last year. Now he's just valuable insurance. Um, and for what it's worth, Mark, um, this is the week every every summer where EA Sports and Madden drop all their ratings and people pay it a surprising amount of attention. Uh, attention. A lot of annoyed people. Yes. The Cowboys and Eagles ranked 1-2 in terms of overall team strength by Madden. So they're with you. It's all lining up. And by the way, your brownies just five points away. That was when well, I minus the offensive line strength. There's some <laughs> issues there. Well, I'm just talking about the Madden rating. But when I was a kid, the Jets were always crummy, typically. But whenever they had a decent team, that's always when I would get the video game because uh, then I could play with a decent Jets team. If you ever, Mark, were to go back and return to your roots as a video game football video game player, this is the year. What a loaded Browns team to play as a video game. How much does all that? Cost if I were just to go out and splurge. You you have a system. You don't have an Xbox or a PS4. No. I presume. All right. So that's you know about three hundred bucks. I'd say two seventy five to three hundred. The the game. Maybe you can get some type of code or something because you're in the industry. Get that game on the arm. As my it's dad the kind says. of thing I'll just go throw on the wife's credit card and yeah. we'll pick up the pieces later. Don't your sons like use your credit card to get three hundred dollars worth of? They Legos? have attempted that and they were <laughs> successful. And we. We return to divert those funds. (laughs) Um, I'll throw one out there on Wes on your thinnest list. Um, The Packers running backs. And that that gets as again, again, many of us, Mark, not you as much, but many of us want to see Aaron Rodgers return to glory just because it's football's more fun. Uh, But there is a lot to be nervous about. Right, Wes, about this offense. We've talked about. Whether there's enough around Devontae Adams when it terms to terms of skill players on the outside uh, and in the passing game, but the running back situation is hardly settled. I think fantasy football players have been arguing for Aaron Jones to get more playing time for a while, and I've made the same argument. But he he really hasn't done himself favors by playing at a, a bigger weight than he should have been playing at. He hasn't been in the greatest shape. He's had MCL sprains in both of his first two years. The coach, and you can rip on Mike McCarthy all you want, but he knows Aaron Jones' strength and weaknesses better than we do and decided not to play him much on passing downs because that's not his strength. On the other hand, their passing specialist, Jamal Williams, just isn't a good runner. He's averaged almost two yards per carry less than Aaron Jones. So if if Jones goes down, you're left with a very pedestrian uh, um, rushing attack and not much depth behind the two of them. I think another concern is that when you read about Jamal Williams and how he would fit into a Matt LaFleur offense, that Matt LaFleur is a zone run scheme type coach and Jamal Williams is not a perfect fit for that on any level. Your biggest concern on your thinnest list is the Giants. And while we've talked endlessly on this podcast about the relative worth of Eli Manning, uh, what you're talking about here is their defense, and it's hard to disagree. Uh, after you get rid of Olivier Vernon and Landon Collins, what's left here, Wes? How are they going to stop anyone? Forget about who's playing quarterback. How are they going to not be giving up 28 points a game? Well, this is what happens when you rebuild. I mean, I guess you could say it's a necessary evil. Some teams don't believe that you have to rebuild all the time, but the Giants tore it down. And you're hoping that the young guys can eventually be as good as Snacks Harrison and Olivier Vernon and Landon Collins and the guys who've been playing at near a Pro Bowl level for a few years. You hope that the young guys eventually get to that place, but I I would be shocked if it's this year that all those young guys started playing well. Another case for uh, Daniel Jones entering the lineup sooner rather than later is that eventually Gettleman's going to have to put something on the field to convince Giants brass that he should be around beyond 2019. And if the defense is in a full-blown rebuild and the old quarterback is obviously not the future, Jones has to play to show management that this guy is doing something right. Like <laughs> yep. what? I mean, otherwise, what are we staring down the barrel of 3-13 and 13 and no hope? And, I mean, and Gettleman created, for obvious reasons, a bit of a radioactive situation for himself but it's almost like the defensive side of the ball has been not noticed or talked about as much because it's all about Eli Manning all the time. But then suddenly you're going to put a lot of pressure on a broken-down Eli Manning or a rookie quarterback to probably score a lot of points to win games. Wes, during this exercise, when you're you know, going through the rosters and doing your process, which, which on either side of this, thinnest, uh, deepest, what surprised you? What team surprised you? What unit? 
You know what? And some of this doesn't even make the list um, just because some there might be some deeper or, or thinner units than I wrote about, but some of it is what what's compelling to write about. So that's how you end up making the choices. But I'd say the Ravens, how they are so stark, they have a the deep. I think the deepest position group in the NFL might be their secondary. They are just absolutely loaded there. Number one on your list. But then they lost um, thick. They their pass rushers. They lose Suggs, Zadarius Smith, um, Urban from up front, and those guys have more sacks, hits, and hurries than the rest of their defense combined. So you're asking a lot of unproven guys to do work there. And I really thought about having their wide receivers on this list for thinnest too, because. Their only proven guy, really, is Willie Sneed, who's a slot receiver. Seth Roberts, I guess, another slot receiver. I just don't see the the depth there. So you're talking about a team that has some very strong, strong points and some very weak, weak points. When you went uh, number seven on the thin list, Chicago Bears kicker, was that sort of a little bit of a tidbit for Dan? Oh, yeah. Very you keep Dan-oriented <laughs> entry. Wes gets it. That's why. you got to keep the kicker fans interested. <laughs> Wes totally gets it, and people shouldn't sleep on how important it is to have a solid kicking foundation on your Just team. Just ask uh, $20 million man Robbie Gold how important kicking is. About, well, Ricky, you were a little young when Adam Vinatieri was a hero. but In, in New England, no. He was, he was the best. He was. sure was. Still <laughs> kicking. Almost sure unbelievable. Was. Did you know he's still in the league? Yeah, but he's, you know. Not my problem. He's regarded as the best. The co- I think so. I don't know if you got. I did not involve myself in it, and now there's talk that Russia is stealing everyone's faces. This this face app that everybody went crazy putting. Uh, I did your picture though. So oh, thank you. That was there. a t- very tedious a 24 hours on Twitter. By <laughs> yes, the way, I took a screenshot of your Instagram just to see what. Yeah. Total violation, Eric. <laughs> I like that. Uh, now I'm in the system as well, as well. but uh, uh, kudos to the Colts who did a nice job. They did like a a four screen of like Luck, whomever, whoever, and then the last one no, was, was that just, a there. Was, yeah. there was no uh, face app done. It was just him with the white beard. The stunning lack of that was a good one, but a stunning lack of creativity by all 32 team Twitter accounts by doing the exact same social media post with their players turning old. What would you have done if you were in that position? I'd be the one team that said we're not going to do what every <laughs> other everyone else is doing. No all, content. And, and from by us. the way, all in the course of fifteen or twenty minutes, they all drop the same tweet. I mean, isn't, slightly ponderous. Isn't that their function? I mean, it is, but I mean, I have issues with that too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else, uh, Mark Wes? Anything that jumped out to you? And you could again check this out. NFL.com slash Wesling. The archive is bustling. I don't want to. I don't want to throw too. I don't let them go read it. But the Patriots being on the thin list, and for at this point in the off season, that wide receiver group with your you're kind of praying if you're a Patriots fan that Josh Gordon is brought back into the mix because there's not a lot going on there. I mean, we've seen Brady carry offenses with the leading leading receiver is Jabbar Gaffney or Danny Amendola or Malcolm Mitchell as a playoff hero. That's a lot to ask of a 39-year-old beating Father Time. It's a lot more to ask of a 42-year-old who showed actual signs of decline last year. Very fair. All right, there you go. Check it out. Wes is back. Yes, the the Infinity Stones. Put him into the big power glove. You know, explosions, everyone dies, lives. Do you live or die when there's these stones are collected? Uh, I mean, there's multi. I don't. I, I'm not the expert on this, Ricky, but it's you're 20 something. Yep. Do you I think live the, or die when the bad guy or the good guy gets the stones in the power glove? I I don't watch. That <laughs> they stuff. have. They make the decision. <laughs> like Probably a bad die. Guy, a bad guy war oh, really? wiped out. Like I, I believe it was like 40 percent of Earth. Damn. What about the other planets? Aren't there like other stars and stuff involved? Then we're going Same beyond. The we're going podcast. beyond what I know about at that point. But uh, yes, the mailbag live NFL dot com Friday morning. Check it out. It's the only mailbag that matters, and Jay Glazer knows it. He knows, Mark. Oh, I think he's. It's it's on his radar. There's no doubt about that. Um, bunch of questions. You guys are great. Um, you always do annoy me, listeners. No matter how much I try to make it clear that. These this this prompt I do on Twitter is for my column, the mailbag, and then I get inevitably fourteen questions about which one of us would survive on an island, or is Mark happy, or is Erica like you know on 
Bumble or whatever. Like, it's just, you know, I, it's not always about the podcast. But uh, since we're here, I'll go through some of the questions that I... I mean, what you endure, Dan, is just, uh, you know, remarkable to us. I appreciate their interest in our show and, and, and my social media account. Has so. there ever been a mailbag without that who would win on a deserted island? Never. Who would? It's a Lou Gehrig streak. <laughs> well, Wes, it's interesting. Wes, I noticed in my mentions, clicked favorite when someone said Wes would <laughs> would prevail. And I really, honestly, which you, is just you know, you caught me on a day where I really like <laughs> waffled on whether to click like on this or not. I'm like, no, because I don't want to encourage the the narrative that 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 this is what I would be yeah, like. We don't like to talk about these things. But I clicked like just because it was somebody <laughs> trying to connect with our show, and I was like, all right, nice. <laughs> you threw a bone. <laughs> yeah, I saw it, and of course, what I'm going to see is. Wes is agreeing with this person, and perhaps you do believe that you would survive. Right, that is a and distinct you have possibility. That right. you I don't have that think right. it's—I I don't think it's ever been a part of me, even before cancer, to be a divide and conquer person. <laughs> That's what that—that that I don't play politics enough to do believes. that. Yeah, like I'm not Richard Hatch. It's not happening. Oh, I know, I would not be the one to yeah, survive. Yeah, but you have like post-cancer like strength. No, I actually mental strength. That's for sure. Did you see me trying to run around the bases last night? Yeah, I didn't I want to bring that. Ten and two division champions, baby. We yeah we came we from did it. we knocked off a team that was in first place all year and now we have the best team that the shield has ever had going into the it tournament. It is a juggernaut. We going to the ship? What? Some we people can... we heard uh, through a source that some members of the opposing team believe that the first baseman of the shield, number twenty three, Dan Hansis, <laughs> was taking the game too seriously. In what manner were you? Let me tell you I something. mean, oh, is that because you argued with the umpire? You literally were like, who can say it better, ref, me or you? Blue. You probably said blue, blue not yeah. ref. <laughs> it, was a, it, was a, it was a blown call by the umpire. Let him know about it. And you I'm never like, going to apologize for being competitive. Yeah, but you were like, I'm right on top of it, ref. I'm right here. So you agree with the other team? A lot at stake no, here. but it was, like, it, was, it was like it went on for a little while, and then Dan was like, bro, I'm right on top of it. And he's like, who can see better, me or you? And the ref was like, you're two seconds from being out of here. The, the best part was, the best part was, and I, I'm never that guy, but I, I was very frustrated at that moment of the game. Um, I said, that's bad. That's bad. And he goes, you're bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I was like, all right. We're mixing it up. Um, Anyway, we're 10-2. We won the division. One more win for glory. Well, we're streaking. As you pointed out last night, we have played. Well, now they're the second and third place teams in the league in the last few weeks. And we beat them by a combined 37-9. to Yeah, we've been rolling through some good teams. You don't want to look past anyone, especially in the playoffs, but um, this has like an 85 Bears feel to it. There was a time with a previous team where I thought you had an 89 Niners vibe, but maybe we didn't even realize how good you could be. You're peaking now. This feels 85 Niners, 13 Seahawks. Well, our girls have never been better. Our girls are carrying the guys now sometimes, and that has not happened often. Yeah. And I didn't even get mad at you when you had that embarrassing base. Yeah, I again. really did screw up last night. <laughs> I was just standing on first, and I like hit a really nice like a slammer right down past the, <laughs> past the third baseman, and so like ran it out. It was so good, and I was like, yes. And then something <laughs> happened where the next person hit the ball, and I like just like stood there like I didn't move I don't know what happened I was like often thought but I was paying attention I don't know you were but, like just daydreaming about your hit the previous yeah I was like I was uh, like I minute. hit a slammer <laughs> <laughs> understand total slammer um I'm anyway have to use that during next week's game hit a slammer uh in the mailbag I I open the mailbag with a question I do get every year around this time but I always answer it uh because to me there's no better way to end an NFL season um, besides the Jets championship, than uh, a team winning a Super Bowl for the first time. And the way history has it, it's been happening now going back to the beginning of this century. Like every three to four years, uh, a team is winning a Super Bowl for the first time. So you go back to, uh, of course, you had the Pats in 01, uh, and then you had the Bucks in 02, then the Colts in 06, the Saints in 09, the Seahawks in 13, the Eagles in 17, okay? All right, Ravens fans, I remember you. You were in 2002. But anyway, so that tells us that it's going to happen again. Maybe not this year, but soon. So there are 12 teams that have never won the Super Bowl. Uh, I put them in order of Super Bowl win probability this year. Tell me if you have any disagreement. 
Cardinals, Bills, Lions, Bengals, Titans, Panthers, Browns, and now the top five. It's a pretty good list. There's some real contenders. Jags, Falcons, Texans, Vikings, Chargers. And I think those top three teams are actual legit title contenders. I think the Falcons and Jaguars, if a couple of things go the right way, are absolute title contenders. And even the Browns, with all the talent they have, if they get on a crazy run, you never know. I think the Titans, Panthers, and Browns have better rosters than the Jaguars and Texans. Yeah, the Jaguars are the ones that stood out to me, too. I, I know that your stance on the Titans in general is not favorable, but I might put them ahead of the Titans de- or on the Panthers, depending on quarterback play. You though. could flip flop them. I, yeah. I, I, I think they're kind of in the same window. I think only Cincinnati, Detroit, Buffalo, and Arizona are kind of completely out of the conversation. Uh, at least winning this year. I am just. I'm not convinced that the Nick Foles experience, as much as I like the person, is going to oh, translate. Him. I don't I'm like doubting him. him. I just. I want to see it. First. I don't like anything about their offense. Really, like what? What excites you other than? If you believe that Nick Foles is going to really turn that offense, other than the quarterback, what excites you about? What them? about the Vikings too? They're kind of after all the hype going to last year. You almost hear nothing about them right now, which I think is a good thing, and it's good for Kirk Cousins. Uh, this is still, I think, a loaded team, and if Cousins can just play at a, a high level, why am I doing too much hand stuff? <laughs> no, I'm just. I was well that, and you were also mocking me. Kirk Cousins just hand, <laughs> is just going to hand off the ball every time. Well, one of the biggest he throws the ball a lot. He's not going to this year. We don't talk about assistant coaches <laughs> enough, except Mark, he does. But I thought Kubiak was one of the biggest additions of any coaching staff mm. all year. And I, I really like the Vikings this year. I mean, that line needs to be better. Chargers, everybody agrees, the most likely team to break the uh, Super Bowl jinx of this group. I, I would, doesn't agree. I would put them in the in the driver's seat. I'd agree with that. I mean, it's it, if anything, they've not lived up to – their talent, they they find a way to crumble in January. I also think we've been talking about their offense for the last few years, and their defense is probably better than their offense right now. Um, here's one from Justin Brill. He asks, if you could choose any team from any year to be on hard knocks, which team would you choose? I'll tell you who I went with, the 85 Bears. All-time great team, of course, 18-1, and arguably the best defense ever. He had a a ton of interesting personalities, McMahon, The Fridge, Singletary, Buddy Ryan, Walter Payton, and then you have Peak Ditka. And I think the cheat code for hard knocks is if you can get an engaging, interesting, funny um, personality, a head coach, the series is going to fly. And Ditka in 1985 was one of the more famous sports figures in the country, and uh, with his mix of, you know, a very confident man, a huge ego, a big star, I feel like that would have been a great, like, centerpiece of the show to have 85 Ditka. I like that a lot. I The one the name that came, came to me was the Oilers, the 93 Oilers, the team mm. where Buddy Ryan and Kelvin Gilbride had a punch-out situation. The only reason, (laughs) though, I'd go with maybe even an earlier Oilers team is because you lose Jerry Glanville because the head coach was Jack Pardee. I would love to see Jerry Glanville, as much as I despised him because as a young Browns fan, the Oilers were always an annoying uh, team to deal with, but I would love to see them on Hard Knocks. They had a lot of characters, too. You'd have Warren Moon and the whole crew. You could go love your blue Oilers. Get some Bum Phillips action in there. Um, I would... I would look for the 70s as a sweet spot because the NFL hasn't gone so overly corporate. The money is not as much of a factor. It's more personalities involved. There's more people being themselves, less political correctness. And I think you'd have a lot more interesting stories. I would choose, like, the John Madden era Raiders when they're just full of, like— Oh, Al Davis would be all oh, over yeah, that'd that be show. Great. I want Al Davis coverage, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> that would, we do—I mean, we get Mark Davis this year. Is that— is that a close enough facsimile? An interesting man in his own right. <laughs> um, a gentleman from Los Angeles named what is his name? Mark Sessler asks: Will Browns Jets Week Two national television end our enduring friendship? You know, no, it won't end it, but it will get dicey if they both become contenders legitimately. 
I, I mean, I, about just, week two. I think the one time that we really um, hit on this topic in our studio, it went very poorly. Explosive. It is, it is an explosive topic. <laughs> I mean, it would be a great problem, Mark. Let's I face think it. it'll be fine if Cleveland were to win. I, I'm much more concerned about um, if it doesn't go well, what, what's going to happen to Dan. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I could throw it the other way. I believe that you would potentially not do well if I were crowing about the Jets beating the Browns in the AFC title game. I, oh, I don't, like think, I would do, I don't think I would do well at all. I'd be probably steaming about it at home. I know I wouldn't do well with it. I mean, I believe maybe you should admit to the same, though. I I think that at least half the problem is me. So. <laughs> no, that's too much. No, it, it'd probably be a 65-35 issue on my, my I mean, side. I think I can go back and forth. I could easily become the 65. Uh, I just I just want one of those teams to be good for the first time in our podcast history. The problem is it Isn't needs that crazy? to be like, like, like a hand-in-hand situation. They almost need to be duplicates of each other in terms of their success. If one of them were to totally take a dirt nap, that then we are in, we're in and we're in bad territory. But it, wouldn't that at least keep them off each other's radar with stakes being high? E, no, because if it if Cleveland went three and thirteen and became one of these like worst teams money can buy, Bobby Bonilla Mets type situation, it's going to be awful. I'd rather I'd rather be on a deserted island and have to talk about it three times, four times, twenty five times a week. That's fair. Negative. That's fair. Uh, let's see. Let's see. A couple more, and then we'll. Get out of here. Uh, Area 51 question. We hit Area 51 pretty hard today. Um, I mean, this is what I'm talking about. This guy in Missouri. Who of the four is most likely not to help someone in need? (laughs) (laughs) I believe we would all help someone in need. I don't think there's a a standout candidate answer to that one. I think we're all on balance decent people. I don't know about Ricky. Ricky might run the other way. Well, she wasn't. I mean, if you want to expand it to five, I think she's. It's, you've got a candidate right there. <laughs> Would you help somebody in need? Are you kidding me? Of course not. <laughs> uh, let's That's see. That's why your dumpster gets lit on fire. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this from Doc West is for you. Since Chris Wessling is a recovering Bengals fan, what mirac- what miraculous event would have to occur to get him to join Bill's Mafia? I feel like you, that's a team that maybe you could fall in love with, Wes. I like their fan base quite a bit. Um, what about their quarterback? You like him? I don't know yet. He, he I like watching him because I don't know what he's going to do, and he's pretty fun to see run around. He's he's a dynamic athlete, but no, I I I just don't see like. To, I'm one of those people. If you're a fan, it has to happen organically as you're growing up, as you're a child. And I don't think anyone would ever replace like the late '70s and '80s Bengals for me. Mark, um, Benedict Morton asks, how does Mark's family cope with him being vegetarian? Are they also off meat? If yes, have your kids ever tried it and liked, disliked it? Mark. They eat um, anything. I mean, they, they have a very – my kids eat, are, are not rest- – I don't restrict them in any way with what they eat. and I'm quite appalled by their diet on some level. So it's like I, I'm not you know, lording my ways over anyone. Uh, Tyler asks, do you guys still talk to K-Rich? Also, when is Spice Rack coming back? No, and uh, soon enough, maybe draft time. I'll hear from K-Rich every once in a while. She sent me some, some very positive messages when I was going through cancer. She's been she's been nice. She's right, a like girl. a definitive no makes it sound like we've decisively shut her out of yeah, our life. That's just not we're, not, I mean. we're not that's interacting not, on We that. had a former producer, Erica. Yeah, I was going to ask who is this Long for ago. new listeners. She's in Philadelphia yes. now. Yes. Very successful. She seems to be doing well. Um. All right, that's about it. What Did was the other question from that person? Good, I don't know. The other question Be, behind the K Rich question. There were two questions. Uh, uh, the meat thing. Have your kids ever tried not eating meat? That was in the same tweet. No, spice rack. Oh, oh. When? oh spice rack. Oh, <laughs> spice rack. When's he going to be on the show again? Didn't we try to have him on and it just didn't work out timing-wise? Timing, he got caught up with something with work, and it was around the draft. So, yeah, he, he kind of missed his window, his annual window, but it doesn't change anything, our feelings about Spice Rack. We love Spicy. Oh, yeah. He'll Absolutely. Um, all right. That's it. Summer break's over. Back on Monday. Uh, yes, Mina Kimes of ESPN will join us on Wednesday. We also, it appears to be on track to happen, a, a visit to a NFL camp uh, coming up that we'll do a show uh, from said headquarters. We look forward to that. 
and all the other stuff that you've come to expect from the Around the NFL podcast as we head toward our seventh season together on the show. How about that? Yeah. Wow. We started in the July of 2013, and here we are. I didn't think we'd get to seven episodes. And, and Ricky, um, is that true? Yeah, I worried. <laughs> I worried at the beginning that we'd be terrible. I mean, I thought my voice coming from Tybee was like nobody's going to want to listen to this idiot. Um, you were right, R- Ricky. Uh, I've asked you also to track when our one thousandth episode happens. That's coming up. It's coming up. So we want to celebrate that in some way, maybe with a live show. Who knows? We're we're trying to do some different things this year. Uh, maybe our Sunday night show. We might have some fun. A new wrinkle to that as well. So. Behind the scenes, you know, we're cranking. Mark especially. Oh, I mean, I have been about as lazy as can be the last couple of weeks, but I'm back now. Flip the switch, baby. All right, let's go. This is Dan Hansen signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, Ricky Hollywood. At the table. We're back in the studio next week. Three times. Here it comes. Till Monday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. 